welcome to another episode of Sit Down and Think, where we get the skinny on what's happening in animation. Today, I'm joined by a vet in the industry who's worked very much for Seeds and in everything he works on. Everybody, Wayman Singleton. Hey, hey everybody, I'm Wayman Singleton. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a vet. <laughs> just yet, just yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am a storyboard artist in animation. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been working as a storyboard artist for... Wow, I haven't even hold on. Let me let me do the math. <laughs> five years now, specifically storyboards. Five years, yeah, yeah. So that's kind. Of, I feel like that's like fifth grade. It's <laughs> <laughs> like barely, barely even touch vet zone. <laughs> I mean, it's at least been around the block enough. That's to true. That's, that's true. <laughs> that at least is where it is. Like you've just been around the block. You learn. You learned a good chunk of the tricks and everything. Yeah, so, that's you know. that's that is true. <laughs> All right. You pretty much are a known storyboard artist and you've worked on many like series and such. Like the most recognized right now is The Ghost and Molly McKee. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask, like, what exactly got you your start in the industry? You know, like what where did you start from? Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. So I like to say I technically started in animation as soon as I entered animation college because that's just like <laughs> it's like the mindset you kind of have to have <laughs> when you go into college for animation. It's like okay, you're enter you're not in the industry, but you're entering the the space of the industry because you're like suddenly surrounded by people that are potentially going to be your network when you go into the industry. But if I take off college, <laughs> um, I got into animation. Uh, back in 2014 after graduating so that so technically I've been in animation oh man now I gotta do math on that uh, <laughs> eight years now I guess and I started uh, in New York actually the New York animation scene as a intern at the studio uh, in Brooklyn uh, Augenblick yeah and that was my my very first animation gig <laughs> as they say and like I, I stayed there for a while so I went from intern to a production assistant and after being a production assistant going to a completely not well not completely but outside of the animation industry I technically went to publishing <laughs> but I was doing animation for publishing um and uh, during that time, I was in it about a year, but during that time, I was trying to figure out ways to get into the cartoon, like get back into cartoon animation industry and kind of like stay there. Because in uh, in New York, especially at the time that I was there, the industry was very small. So it's like uh, just a couple cartoon animation studios that you can really like get into and some of them, once you get in, it's you're kind of like just solidly in. So it's hard for other people to get in. <laughs> so there aren't as many opportunities as per se, like uh, Los Angeles, or is like uh, a bunch of different entertainment studios just like popping up or like shows uh, studios are having. So it's a little bit more of a chance to to break in. So uh, and uh, so I I started animation and I left to do in uh, publishing. And I use that publishing time to build up a portfolio for storyboarding because I, when I entered the industry, I wanted to do character design. Mm. Um, and as I started working as a production assistant, I realized I wanted to do storyboarding. 
Um, so I spent the time out of the industry building up a portfolio. And uh, after a year saying, you know what, I saved up some money and I have a portfolio. I'm just going to go to Los Angeles um, and hopefully get something. And I hopefully did get something <laughs> when I moved here, uh, luckily. Uh, and yeah, I've been working ever since. All right. So that's kind of that's interesting. So like you started, you know, you got out of college, you got your internship and then you did some work with publishing and such, but you were doing like some sort of animation stuff for. Yeah. Yeah. The publishing that I was doing was like, um, it was basically marketing. Like I was doing marketing animation. Um, and it was a small publishing company. Um, and, uh, they're they're called Fable Films. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I was doing, you'd probably be able to even see some of my old work which would be embarrassing. Um, but uh, basically I was in charge of directing anything animation that was coming out of them. So they wanted to do this campaign for one of their book series in which it would be one to two minute shorts, kind of just illustrating a segment in the book or mm-hmm. kind of giving a vibe of the book. So I would direct those and direct and animate <laughs> those shorts yeah yeah and, and it was it was a really interesting experience because it was like uh i was directing shorts in the sense that like i mean i was basically the only animator on the team but i was also in charge of like kind of figuring out the script like getting the script from because the the writer of the book was in charge of the script but i right. was in charge of making that like good for short content on YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, like kind of like making it like, okay, you can't just like straight up rip from the novel and like expect it to be animation, that type of thing, you know, adapting, right. that's the word I'm looking for, adapting it from novel to short content. Um, and what was it? And oh yeah. And like music direction, like kind of like, uh, uh, I was in charge of like hiring a composer and like, uh, like directing what the song and sound would be and then directing like, voice actor so it was kind of like this thing where it was like i remember thinking not really thinking that much of it at the time but i look back on it i was like i was actually like directing <laughs> shorts like i was directing shorts <laughs> um but yeah even though it was like outside of the cartoon animation industry it was still uh very it was very good for what i would ultimately be doing in animation you were pretty much building up a lot of that experience before you could get yeah. into, before you really got into like the real meat and potatoes of what you really wanted to do, like mm-hmm. character designs and story and storyboarding and such. Yeah. And, and during that time too, I was also like building up my storyboard portfolio. Like I was taking a uh, mentorship with uh, the one and only Chris Wimberly, <laughs> uh, who uh, he's, he's uh, been in the animation industry for years now, like, I mean, he's helped so many people. Like he, uh, for a while, had a podcast, uh, The Animation Network, which I think maybe still is online. I don't know. But with his podcast, listening to his podcast also helped me figure out that I didn't want to do animation. Uh, <laughs> or not, sorry, didn't want to do character design. <laughs> um, because I, I realized just the the way that I worked was very much attuned to storyboarding and Mm -hmm. i say that in the sense of like in character design 
there's you have to have pretty solid drawing <laughs> um and in storyboarding you just have to have solid enough drawing to make <laughs> like what you're trying to draw come across <laughs> like it doesn't have to be exactly on model unless it's like a prime uh one of the prime sh uh, time shows you know so right. it's like all right cool like i could actually work with this <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i i spent a year uh or I think his his specific mentorship was uh, one summer, but it gave me the opportunity to like build up that portfolio and build up what people is, expect um, out of storyboard artists. Uh, it was a real like crash course in understanding just what is needed from a board artist in the LA uh, animation industry. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. So you were set on this character design, but then you listen to like the podcast, and as you you know working through every other stuff, you're realizing you you want to do the storyboards, and I totally get that because like a lot of time you look back when you look at the like behind the scenes of a lot of animated shows, you see the storyboards, and it's like these very simple drawings, but there's that one piece of characteristic that sticks out that says, "Oh, that's that character. I know that character." just mm -hmm. from that like one characteristic mm -hmm. yeah and depending on the production too like you just kind of like draw a character and then put the characters like just letter <laughs> just yeah, the like first letter initial the uh, yeah first initial of the character's name and it's like all right that's the character cool i mean that's depending on the show <laughs> like i've seen that in board sometimes i'm like this is <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, so like storyboards is kind of like, eh, like as long as the the film making of it looks good, it's usually you're usually okay. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but with character design, it's like, all right, you gotta draw this character, and it's gotta look like the style of the show, and it has to be pretty solid. And I mean, it. it I feel like character design it can help if the show's style is basically your style, but unless you're like a, a jack of all trades style type of character designer, where it's like, okay, I can do this style and that style, and it all looks solid and it doesn't look wonky and weird. Like you have to be able to do that if you want to continuously <laughs> get gigs. Um, right. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a superpower that I don't have. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. Like I look back on it and I graduated kind of wanted to do character design and and visual development too like I, I remember just like having a visual development portfolio at graduation and thinking like okay you know what if I want to enter animation I need to have a, a demo reel of animation because there's just you know a lot of more opportunities to uh, find animation work in terms of like um, motion graphics especially in New York like motion graphic work uh, like I mean basically the the publishing company stuff I did would have technically quantified as like motion graphics stuff but yeah there's a lot more motion graphic opportunities so I was, uh, so in that sense i was like okay i gotta have animation portfolio um but i want to design and as i was working in the studios and seeing what uh each part of the production pipeline was doing i I just, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do <laughs> design. This is, this is too much. Like, I just, it's just, I, I can't remember when it clicked, but it definitely, it clicked at some point. And 
I remember too, like uh, when I was a production assistant, uh, that was especially the time that I kind of like figured out what I wanted uh, mm-hmm. because that specific opportunity allowed me to get my hands on each part of the production pipeline, like actually hands-on. Like in, in LA, uh, it's like 100% looked down upon for production to be doing any sort of art. <laughs> but uh. when I was in New York at the time, uh, there uh, there's absolutely no union <laughs> in New York. So they were like, all right, you're a production assistant. You're assisting each part of the production. So like I would be helping out with Excel sheets. And then a couple hours later, I'll be like uh, helping to clean up character designs. <laughs> and then a couple hours later, I'll be helping cleaning up backgrounds. And then the next day, I'd be helping to in between <laughs> uh, animation. And, and the next day, I'd be uh, conforming storyboards. <laughs> um, so I literally was like going like, all right, I'm doing this. OK, I'm doing that. And yeah, I, as I was going through that job i was like oh you know what like the storyboard stuff uh seems pretty fun i i feel like even in college i just remember thinking storyboarding wasn't for me because you you know when you storyboard you have to have a lot of panels (laughs) like i just remember thinking like oh you gotta draw so much so fast and i was also uh, afraid of drawing backgrounds like i was like i can't draw a building to save my life (laughs) like i can only draw characters like i'll be a character designer and yeah and i just realized like oh like uh a lot of the time like you already have the background design so you you don't have to worry about trying to come up with a background or something it's just like tracing the background they give you or like kind of like use it as a reference to easily make the background and as well, I mean, as I started learning more about storyboarding, I was just like, I just, I can just learn how to draw background. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in college being definitely afraid, like, oh, I'll never be able to do this. And I was just like, I mean, I guess I can do it if I actually <laughs> put the effort like, into you just it. Apply yourself pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, just because I'm having more fun drawing characters doesn't mean I can't draw backgrounds and stuff. Right. Oh, uh, and cars too. God, car. I was like, I was so scared of any inorganic object. I, I always hear like so many people like constantly say, it's like, oh, I can always do like a complex design, maybe a horse or something, but it's like when you get to a car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? I've been kind of rambling, so I don't remember what was the question initially. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i i feel like the conclusionary part of what i'm saying is yeah i i was figuring out what i wanted to do along the way uh and uh it kind of came from that production assistant job where in la i wouldn't be able to do this but in new york at the time i was able to do this i don't know if you can do this in new york now but i was uh touching every part of the process in an assistant manner <laughs> and mm. i realized oh this is what i want to do i want to uh tell stories and i want to uh make a short film and whatnot and i can do that storyboarding 
that's interesting because with the production assistant like job, that's what I'm always told constantly, or what's usually told by the industry a lot of the time, or people in the industry, they always recommend it's like go to production assistant, but like mm -hmm. that's always the first thing you try to go for because it's mm -hmm. a good entry point, mm -hmm. and it also can help with you know learning about all the other aspects into animation and everything because you know you know it's a team effort and it's better if you are understanding of all these different like cogs that are working in the machine so that way when say you are like a showrunner on your own show you you understand why certain things are going the way they are versus mm -hmm. just you just hop right in and it's like you don't know jack crap about this thing or that thing or why this team is taking this much time or why that team but for real, when it comes to production, it's always a case of like, it is important. Like you very much should try it at the very least, at least once to understand yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with that because I mean, half of me is like, I totally agree with that. And then half of me is like, sometimes that can, it can like really be annoying <laughs> to try <laughs> to break in to if you, if you want to be a artist, it's hard to make that leap. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes, you know, some people ha have had it easier. Um, but, uh, I definitely think it is good because yeah, like you said, it allows you to kind of like, uh, have sights on each part of the pipeline and you really get a sense of like what's going on within the production and how something is being made. And I even like now I kind of wish, uh, I mean, I don't wish this, but I kind of have this feeling of wanting to have maybe gone through production in LA a little bit just because like right now uh, I'm working as a director and it's kind of funny because like there's just so much that I'm learning because this is my first time being a director hmm. um, and so many things that I don't really know about um, in terms of like okay this is like when you're a director you're kind of like a little bit closer to what uh, things a, a, a little bit closer to the actual like making like the the smaller mechanic stuff of making uh like you're more on the ground floor yeah exactly like, watching to make sure it's all yeah like working proper exactly yeah and uh there's so many things that i'm discovering that i didn't know as a board artist but like i have a friend who and you know you know it's brie is brie <laughs> you guys know brie um yeah. so my friend brie just made the leap from production to uh boards like she's in she's a revisionist um and it's it's interesting because i i couldn't see the her experience as a production like in production it allows her to like uh ask questions that I wouldn't have known to ask because I I wasn't on that ground floor level. Like she's like, oh, what about this and what about that? What's going on here? And I'm like, I don't know any of this. And I'm the director. Like what the heck? Like oh god. Like I'm I feel like I'm weirdly behind. <laughs> um, but it's like that sort of thing that I feel like makes it good to like at least experience production. And and I and it, it's different. I feel like for me because like my production experience was like very different because it wasn't in like the, I mean, if we're talking like LA specifically animation industry, it wasn't the type of experience one would have here. It was very much like 
uh, I was very much like an assistant artist to each part of the, the production, which right. does not happen. Um, so uh, yeah, it was like a, a different experience. Uh, so I was I was technically just like still on like like not in the in the minds of things, you know. I was still kind of like, all right, I'm still like uh, just uh, watering plants or whatever. But like you, you're not like in the ground. <laughs> like all right, they, this water has to get to this root. <laughs> <Not, Right. laughs> that's such a bad such a bad metaphor. But that's the type of thing. I'm not like you're not watching all the controlled stuff that happens after uh, all the pre production stuff is made. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Again, production <laughs> a production <laughs> job is useful uh, when uh, when trying to enter the industry. But you can also like if if you got, get the opportunity, like yeah, like uh, enter in uh, uh, entry level artist job. But that could you know depend on the production and the company you work for. Right, and that's interesting to say. Like you went from you know production assistant to storyboard artist to now director. And it, I'm not sure if it's a project that's already been announced. So whether or not you can even go. I, yeah, I don't think I don't know if I could talk about it. <laughs> that's why I was kind of like vague with things. But right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's still interesting enough to know it's like you can that that can be a leading way. And you said you've been in the industry about five years or so. So it's like that. It's like it's it feels like it's like that nice. It's kind of a somewhat steady course in a sense. Like you did have to go through all these different experiences and such. But, you know, that helped you get to where you are now, where you're officially directing a series Mm -hmm. or movie or so, Mm. you know, like I think that's what's just kind of intriguing about it all. Like that you can be able to move (laughs) like from such a small level job to such a big level job now. And now you're more in like in charge of all these different aspects to making the sausage basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel like as a storyboard artist, this is like so many things that could just go over your head in terms of like how the sausage is made. Mm-hmm. Um, like, man. Yeah. It, it, like when you're, when you're given just the a script and you're like, all right, just, board this out like make this a visual guide now and it's kind of like all right cool and you just do that constantly um but then there's just like the stuff that happens after that is just so interesting um but like a lot of the time you're just you know you're completely you kind of have blinders to it all because it's so much you have to do with a uh, an episode of something or a sequence of something and you just have to like okay i gotta board this out and i mean of course like you can figure out how the sausage is made by asking like questions or getting like meetings and stuff but i feel like especially in um uh, a pandemic time <laughs> where everyone's like working from home it's especially difficult um to to really uh, get a lot of that, uh, just uh, absorbing uh, f- about the production process by being in the studio, um, yeah. But yeah, there's just so many things to consider that I also kind of like knew about, but it's like 
it's cool to actually be doing it now. <laughs> like um, the process of like getting a board to animatic, like that's what I'm doing right now. Um, during the or during uh, the couple these next couple weeks, like I'm just starting to do that, and it's so interesting because like how do I even explain this? It's like now I'm calling the shots i guess <laughs> where like it's storyboard is kind of like okay you can like put in your creative input and like you're you're basically just like you know uh uh like you are you have a lot of creative control i mean depending on the production but you have a lot of creative control to say like oh this is how this shot will work or this is how this shot will work mm-hmm. um but now it's like hey you know what this shot isn't working. Get it out of here. Redraw it. <laughs> like, right. ah, this is, this is terrible. Let's redo this whole thing. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, you shouldn't should do that. But uh, you, you kind of have that power a little bit, depending. Right. Um, I mean, uh, not not putting down like showrunner too. Like showrunner specifically has that power. <laughs> but if if it's like not working for whatever reason, you're just like, okay, like you know what we like you you're as a director, like really polishing and honing down a lot of tidbits uh, that might have been missed. And it's specifically those tidbits that are being like <laughs> changed for the most part. Um, and yeah, having that creative control, it's like a different type of, it's a different use of your brain. It's like before you're kind of like uh, pumping out a bunch of drawings and trying to tell the story the best you can in a certain amount of time and now it's like you're polishing what has been made and making sure that uh, storytelling is the best that it can before it gets sent to the animation overseas mm-hmm. and or department, depending on what you're, where you're working. But uh, yeah, like it, it's it's very interesting. That is like what's so intriguing to be able to like, like you are in charge of that part and then that part and then you got to move to that part and then somehow you got to bring it all together so it's ready to be pretty much sent out to basically get i guess processed in a sense but that's kind of what's intriguing the most about being an animation director is that Mm -hmm. you're way more involved in like all the different aspects since animation is like you're creating all the assets not just gathering materials like in live action Mm-hmm. Just making it all together, like here, it's like yeah, this oh work, yeah, make that work. Yeah, and it's like um, I'm I'm glad you said the word assets because that activated something in my brain. Because it's like <laughs> it's also like keeping track of those. Like as a board artist, you're kind of just like, all right, whatever. Like I'll draw whatever. Like it's cool. Um, like you you do have like concerns that are brought to you during like a script uh, launch, but it's like yeah, you can just like draw it and see what happens later. And what happens later is that uh we're like actually we we don't have that design or like we can't do that and stuff like that and like uh it's definitely it's it's like i feel like a part of it too is like you you have a lot more creative control or maybe it's less creative control the creative control changes where it's like you're trying to hone a uh an episode to what you kind of visualize but also what the showrunners are visualizing and or the studio is visualizing so you're adapting their like uh notes and things as well and you're making sure like we 
have like the assets or the ability to build an asset and uh you know trying to keep track of those things so you're not uh going over budget and stuff like that um so yeah that part of is is, that's like another part of it too that's like uh, a little surprising or it's just like oh yeah i gotta make sure like uh, uh this is doable or this is this is what the show owner is envisioning um mm. and kind of being that li- liaison of um i mean depending if your show owner is like a uh writer or an artist like trying to if they're just a writer like trying to figure out okay like what are they envisioning here and translating right. that to the storyboard or yes. animatic right and that's one of the interesting things I always find found with animation. Like, you, like you do see all these different directors, like, but you know, realize it's like they kind of have their own boss with the showrunner, who's you know a lot of time the creator. So it's like mm-hmm. it's a matter of trying to try to put your own spin to it. So it's like here's these episodes I directed, and here's my flair. But at the same time, still gotta you know toe that fine line of still giving off the. Uh, creators like vision in a sense mm-hmm. yeah like that's that's always that's always just kind of that interesting thing to be being able to like put your own spin to it while still keeping in line with what's the the original idea was to a degree granted you know sometimes there's a bigger like fish in the sea that tell you hey it's gotta be we gotta change this and it's like mm, okay mm-hmm. let's change that around as well so it it's kind of crazy with all the different like different barriers that can go into it. You know, everyone's trying to get their put their fingerprint on the project. So that way it's like, here's that piece of me that is in this project, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of it, too, is uh, just trying to. Like as a director, just really push push the board to the best that it can be, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's kind of like a little bit ultimately, not ultimately, but uh, the board that's made is the storyboard artists baby in a sense, (laughs) because it is like, all right, this, this is the storyboard artists brainchild. Like this is the script filtered out through the storyboard artists. Like the storyboard artists just put in like this massive effort so that this, uh, this board can be born. <laughs> and it's like, all right, it's this baby's here. And we're kind of like, Oh, look at this baby. Actually, you know what? This baby could be a little better. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is kind of like, uh, you know what? Let's just like uh, uh, fix up this baby. This limb can be chopped off, replaced with a robotic arm. It's fine. <laughs> like if right. you're kind of just, <laughs> <laughs> like let's make this baby as sick as possible yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's the it's kind of like it's the board artists uh board that you're really like uh pushing to to be the best and it's like i mean that's a level to it and then another level to it is like you're making it so that uh the when it goes to animation that everything is like readable and legible and makes sense. So mm-hmm. you're kind of like juggling the, um, like trying to make things make sense story-wise and then also mm-hmm. uh, make sense as a guide for animation. 
like uh, mm. staging and <laughs> and uh, characters right. and uh, and that sort of thing. Right. Like I totally get that. Like because at the same time, it's like you are make, trying to make something like that can impress the audience as well. But at the same time, you wanted to set an example as to how animation can be done. You know, yeah. like it's not to set in stone what could be done, how it's supposed to be done, but it's very much a case of like, here's like a guide, like something you can watch and be inspired by and maybe add your own spin to it or, mm. you know, it, or at the very least just follow it to a degree. So it looks nice when you're making your own stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's always like commendable to me. Like whenever it's like some type of uh, a case in point of how, how the saucers can be made, you know? Yeah. It has so many different, there's so many different ways uh, a, a director ought to, production can be working as well you know like it's um it's so different between studios like you have different things that you're in charge of and i feel like i'm like constantly figuring that out (laughs) i'm kind of like okay what am i in charge of now like okay what's this uh when's this due what's going on (laughs) um and yeah and, and again too like i'm like what how many months am i even i'm like two months in no i'm I'm like one and a half months into directing so i'm not i'm definitely not um like the the end all be all like so this is just my experience you know and also my experience in seeing other directors work um (laughs) so i'm definitely not like oh this is all everything i'm saying is 100 percent um it's just you know what what i've been uh going through and what i've been understanding like maybe like probably like in five years if 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 i'm like still a director i don't know (laughs) but (laughs) if maybe in five years i'll look back on this interview and be like man he was stupid (laughs) who was even talking what wait wait, what how did what you don't do that at all (laughs) i mean that's always that that's always that (laughs) cognitive battle between future and past self Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, future me is gonna look back and be happy, and then future you gets there, and they're like, "What was I th- talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, just so f- like, okay, I this is totally tangent, but I recently uh, been uh, looking through old posts I made on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and. Like I, I I don't know if you remember this feature, but Facebook used to have a feature, uh, notes feature where you can like basically journal or whatever, or put notes, uh, post notes up yeah, on Facebook. That. Um, yeah, and a lot of it was like done for like really or, or used for really dumb like uh, meme list stuff. Like I remember having copy and pasted one of the uh, 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 what do you call it? like a bucket list, but it's like, it was like a, a Facebook bucket list. So it was like, kind of like something that was generated by somebody on Facebook. Uh, but everybody was using like copying it and, and like, uh, Xing out stuff that they've already done. And I was mm. kind of like, and I want to find this list. Cause I remember like doing this like back in high school or something. So I was just like, Oh, let me find this. And of course, Facebook now has gotten rid of that feature. 
<laughs> it's like no one was using this feature. Why did we have this? Um, so I was like trying, like there's a way to find it, but it's super convoluted and you have to go through years of posts to, oh, to find that. Um, and as I was going through these years of posts, uh, because I just love wasting time, um, I found a bunch of posts that I made that I didn't make publicly. Like I used to use Facebook huh. as just like a dumping ground for like ideas or like things that I found on the internet, but I would just mark it as only me. So only I could see it, Right. but I completely forgot about it. So I was like, like basically bookmarking stuff, but I was just <laughs> using Facebook to bookmark and um yeah i was just like looking through so many things that i just remember putting down or not remember even like watching and going like oh i was definitely inspired by this somehow at this time but either i was just like i don't remember this mm. but i see it in my work now or uh i do remember it and i also still see it in my work or i don't see it in my work and i'm kind of like it's so interesting how there's this stuff my past self was super inspired by. Like, I remember different things. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I want to do this. Right. Um, and now I'm just like, whoa, I can kind of see it in my work. Or, whoa, that guy was lame. That's This is so stupid. Like, why did I like this? Yeah, that, that always hits you when you look yeah. back. <laughs> this was like, the, a lot of this stuff was 10 years ago stuff. So this is like, dang, like time flies. Oh, my God. Yep. Whole decade. That really changes you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get that. Like, Whenever I look back on some old stuff I've made, I'm just like, God, how far I've come because this looks <laughs> awful. <laughs> or like sometimes I think about what I was saying. And I'm like, what was I saying? I was an idiot. What? what yeah. Like, nothing made that one right because you just learn more about <laughs> certain things that you're passionate about, and you realize what you were thinking back then is just not true in the least when you mm -hmm. finally get the actual knowledge that you were seeking yeah yeah oh man that's so true <laughs> yeah I, I think i'm like oh like I, I was a little dummy i didn't know any better <laughs> like oh that's so sweet <laughs> and i i think I, I like to think about too like oh what would like what it's it's weird because it, i mean this disconnects uh past self and future self but I think about like, oh, how would I feel? How would my past self 10 years ago feel about where I'm at now? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I am that person. So it's weird to even think about that. But I'm like, also, I'm not that person. Like, you, you know, they say like uh, your cells completely change every seven years or whatever. So you're technically a completely different person. <laughs> so wow. I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, like I was a different person <laughs> back then. Like, how would I feel about this? Or, uh, I, cause I, I look back on, yeah, like you said, like art and stuff too, and things I was doing. And I was just like, how did I get away with this? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, Oh, like this is uh like how did I graduate school? <laughs> Wait a second. Like this is terrible. It's like was I just fumbling <laughs> upwards? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh that? dang. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like ooh. <laughs> and I'm also like, I cost I feel okay, I, I always think about this too. 
So I know my past self was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think about like, oh, what would my like future self be thinking? Like, am I, is my future self also going to be like, you dummy, <laughs> you idiot, you don't know anything? <laughs> am I just constantly going to be in this like decade long cycle where I'm just like, oh, that idiot back then? <laughs> it's like, dang, I was dumb in my twenties. Yeah, then you get forty and you're like. Dang, I was dumb in my 30s. Yeah. And you're 50, you're like, dang, I was really dumb in my 40s. And like, like, it's just, what was I constant, doing? It's like decades of constant realization about yeah. yourself. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Yeah. The cycles of time is so interesting. Yeah. It, it gets more interesting when, you know, we're somehow experiencing decades of yeah. constant history in like one year <laughs> yeah yeah that's true it is so yeah because you just we we get uh man like the amount of just historical <laughs> events uh, that can happen within a sh- like a, a couple of seconds honestly <laughs> like within a month even. yeah <laughs> It's like, can we just, like, can we just put the brakes? Can we just go like one year? Yeah, nothing happens. Nothing. I need to go no back to a, a life without notification. <laughs> right. Like, well, was, I remember that. That was good. <laughs> you didn't have to know everything was going on. That was a life that we took way too much for granted. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want that back, please. Mm-hmm. Like, let mm-hmm. me have that piece back. <laughs> I don't have to know everything about everything. I just mm-hmm. know about myself or who or my friends. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, let me have that back. Yeah, like, I don't gosh. need everybody else's problems. I got my own. God, I feel like I struggle with that sort of thing to just on... Uh, self-contained sort of level like i mean you got of course you got like all the stuff like the news and things it's like things you probably wouldn't even heard of uh happening like back back in the day you probably something can happen now and then like maybe a year or so or years later you find out that that historical thing happened (laughs) and it was fine it was okay (laughs) you'd have to know everything at this like the the day it happened um and i kind of thinking in the self-contained portion of that now it's like okay things the creative output that you make is also immediately judged uh and or not judged which also comes uh in a immediately judged sort of way too because if Mm. people are seeing it and not engaging it's like well that's kind of a judgment (laughs) also Uh, it's not good enough to be engaged with um and yeah it's like i mean i i've been trying to like it's it's weird because it's like okay i don't need to know what everybody need like things about something that's being created or what I'm being created creating I guess mm-hmm. that could be in terms of like my own personal work or like the the work I do for work like uh, like I don't need to hear all the fan like come like you know reactions and like yeah. all the things at the same like as soon as it comes out like right. it could be it's kind of it's fun to see in uh fun to know what people were thinking about but it's also like to the uh, a little bit of a detriment mm. because it's like right i feel like i don't know there's this uh uh what's it called there's this they they the the uh, ooh, ooh, i forget the word i'm also super bad with remembering words 
but there's this mm, mm, it's on the tip of my tongue uh nope i'm not gonna get i give up but basically this this feeling of god god what is it what's the word keep this all in don't cut this out (laughs) (laughs) but feeling like you uh, yeah, feeling like you have a say in uh, a franchise or a series, basically, like that sort of thing. Paranormal but relationships, something. not not parasocial, but uh, yeah, that parasocial. that's also that parasocial is also a thing that happens too. But there's this um, entitlement is the word I'm looking for. There's uh, a, a bit of an entitlement uh, because it's like, oh, you 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 can constantly have a reaction to something and then when the creators uh see it they're just like oh, okay i need to adapt to what my the fans are saying and then uh the fans see that the the adaptation is made so the uh fans right. are like oh we have this power uh to to make the thing that we want to make uh by tweeting about it right <laughs> and it's like no you don't, you don't and you shouldn't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's also that sort of like like you don't we constantly don't need to know everybody's take and reaction on a thing as soon as it comes out yeah like especially that's like also a thing yeah especially like in animation because a lot of people get the misconception thinking animation's real easy and fast to make yeah. but it's like no in terms mm-hmm. of live action maybe you can sway that mm-hmm. even then not much mm-hmm. but in animation it's like by the time y'all are watching this they're on the next season like yeah so that complaint you're having about see the episode two or so and you want to be fixed by the next episode that criticism it ain't it ain't there it don't work they've mm-hmm. already made the the third episode they can't they can't go back and change it that sets everything off completely like that's just mm-hmm. not how it works and yeah i think that's just something i think a lot of people try to fight back against especially like those in like the cartoon review community to let it be known it's like this is how it's made so you people stop harassing these creators and telling yeah. them hey you need to do this you need to do that when it's like they can't change it yeah they it's can't set. just they just can't change it yeah this is the look the things you're complaining about it's already it's probably already done like they can't they can't go back it's like exactly what you say like uh just an episode you're seeing you're like oh yeah this season one episode is great uh but you're you're probably like one episode into season one and they're already like making season like five <laughs> like it's right. already like everything's already planned out exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it it's always so crazy to me because i mean i used to be engaged with fandoms for a, for a bit but then it was like this one fandom and as i as i was in it i was like this ain't for me I can't deal with these type of people. They're crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I get it. They're passionate. Like, we're all passionate about it. But it's like, yeah. they're too engaged to it, with it that it's like just one minor screw up can like completely sour their taste on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? That was enough to get you out of it rather than just, you know, that just was one little fo- folly. That was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting how uh, quick fans can be to turn on something if it's just one singular thing or character, like just 
happening in an episode like one second can just be like oh actually i don't and then like of course it could depend on what that second thing you know that action is but sometimes it's not even that big of a deal (laughs) and it could just easily completely uh change the the scope of the like the 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 feeling the audience has on a story or whatever you know uh right god it's and i mean part of me is like I I I like that you know there is a sense of community when it comes to certain fandoms like I enjoy that. I mean that's good. I think that part is good. I just think uh there's should definitely be a certain level of distance in terms of like uh creator and uh fandom. <laughs> like the the direct contact that we have now it's like is probably not the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the best thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like different to me because, like, growing up, you know, I admire these shows. I watched some, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and everything. And, you know, it was more difficult to like talk to the actual creators because we didn't have social media like that or the mm-hmm. creators just weren't even on it. And nowadays it's like they're all on social media and constantly interacting. But then you start seeing how it could start getting toxic like some people end up saying oh yeah me and that creator are besties and it's like are you You maybe shared one meme and they liked it how are Mm y'all besties and it it, it's just so it's different how the landscape can like change by so much and now it's like Mm -hmm. like people need to read a a social reassess how we socialize with each other Mm -hmm. set our boundaries a lot better Mm -hmm. before we just let people into our lives when it's like we just make the product. They like the product. They, they're they not our friends. They're just mm-hmm. the fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. And I, it, it makes me think about, like, um, like uh, how the Sonic movies, how mm-hmm. that whole, <laughs> like, just <laughs> happening happened. Or it's like, first trailer, the disgusting, ugly Sonic. Everyone's <laughs> like, this is gross and you're terrible and, oh, like, what? And just completely having to redesign and and fix it before launch like that. That's the sort of thing I'm like, I feel like, honestly, I mean, maybe it's, you know, a good thing that (laughs) that happened. Because, like, I mean, I can't even imagine a world where uh, Ugly Sonic was the main model for i imagine an immediate bomb <laughs> like yeah, we wouldn't have truly. a two at that point it's like yeah it so- was, movie, yep. movie sonic's done no more mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't getting any more yeah but it's also like i don't know if an audience should have that <laughs> or that accessibility i guess <laughs> i don't know it's weird i don't know i mean that's kind of the whole catch 22 like the double-edged sword to it all yeah is that exactly because it's like this one was a case of like y'all kind of needed some break because even like from what i remember looking up on it the crew who like had to design it even were like are they sure they don't want us to fix this and the execs were just like <laughs> nah they'll go see it anyway but people like basically said it's like we're not going to go see that you know mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of a case of okay this one is reasonable because it's speaking with your wallet it's kind of speaking with your wallet you know like you're making it clear that it's like that looks disgusting i'm not subjecting (laughs) my eyeballs to that for Mm -hmm. an hour and a half you know Mm -hmm. so i I think i I don't know it's 
it's one of those things where it's like if they just left it to you attack the I guess the studio's decision and not going after the actual people because because you know a lot of people don't realize like there's still people making these things just doing a job they're not like it's fine yeah. if you don't like the decision you can mm-hmm. mock the decision but you don't need to go after the people because from what we found it's like they didn't like that thing either like even mm-hmm. they were like we we wish we could have made this look better at right. the beginning but you know they it's just the people at the top just said no so mm-hmm. you know yeah, a lot of times it's like especially when it's like ip you know that you don't really have control over something that's huge like that it's like you kind of just have to make whatever your your supervisor or your boss or the studio is telling you to make right. and you can try to make it as best as you can but ultimately if they're like nah get rid of that and put what i said to put in then it's like all right well i gotta do that <laughs> right like it's it's it, it, it always can come into a case of like there's like usually with projects it's always like if something's not working well, chances are it was out of the creators, uh, out of all the creatives' controls. Like you mm-hmm. know, like it was just a case of maybe the people at the top said, "Leave it alone" or "Don't fix it, don't change anything." You know, sometimes it can be a case of they tested it and the in the test audience was like, "I don't like this," so change that, and it's like something changed, even though maybe that was just not the best test audience or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it It's just always that case where it's it's like, we can un- we're in a place where it's like, some of it works in some places, but other cases, it's like it gets, like, fans get too attached to the actual people, when it's like like, I get you're passionate, but at the end of the day, these are just regular people doing a job, trying to just get by. And a lot of it is very much done out of passion. I mean, you have to be like, like we've said, it's like, you have to be insane to want to be working in animation. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and entertainment in general, too, I feel like. It's like a little bit, there's something going on in there. Right. Like, pretty much. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, a lot of it is very much passion driven, but a lot of it is a case of sometimes there's a lot of compromise. You got to work with, you know, the people at the top who have their own ideas or their own visions that they want yeah. to see implemented, you know, and it's not always just, oh, there's, there's, it's not even that, it's, there's always, it, there's no like case of nefariousness, like, oh, they just wanted to make something to insult us. It's like, no, that, like, I never could get on board with like fans who, take things personally when they don't yeah. like something i'm just like you don't you know there's a such thing as an off button mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. press that little off button it goes away you don't yep. have to interact with it they love to make the excuse of but social media it's like again off button it's right there mm-hmm. you can yeah, they even give you the ability to mute words if you don't want to see it yeah so, uh, it's it's just always it's just kind of crazy to me how like fans get a little too into things to the point it starts being more a detriment, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's this like almost a uh, sense of ownership. I think that uh, a lot of uh, fans or toxic fans can have over a, uh, a product or a show or whatever. It's like uh, it's entered their, their life. And uh, because they liked it or connected or related with it, uh, they feel like they have 
a, a certain ownership of over it. And it's like, I mean, when I, anything that I'm like a fan of, I'm kind of like, look, I literally, it is not owned by me. It's mm-hmm. owned by whoever owns it. So they can do whatever they want with it, even if it's messing it up. <laughs> like <laughs> they can completely screw up everything about uh, something that I like. And it's just like, you know what? Like, honestly, it's it's theirs. They can do whatever they want with it. Like the the thing I liked about it, it still exists. I can still see it. I can imagine in my brain uh, a universe in which uh, they did a good thing with it. <laughs> like it's that's what fan know, fiction is for. Exactly. Make some what? fan fiction. They make you can you can make fan fiction that exists, you know. Like you don't have to see uh that thing you like done the perfect way. Um so yeah, that's just my perspective. Cause I I just, you know, I, I think about things like reboots and stuff like that and people kind of like having like big takes about like their favorite old show being rebooted or like their favorite old movie being made into a live action animated version of it. And it's just like, look, I wasn't hoping I wasn't looking for a a new live action version of an old animated movie that I liked when I was a kid. But if they want to do that, if they're their IP, it's theirs. They can do whatever they want. Right. Like that's always kind of, that's kind of how my thing is like, because the way I usually judge things is like, I don't care about what I personally want because what I personally want is something I could just, you know, write, you know, Mm -hmm. that's always where I think a lot of fans fumble. Like they forget. It's like, you know, if you don't have artistic talent, you can pick up a pen Mm -hmm. or you can open a Google doc and start Mm -hmm. typing and and you create the thing you personally want to see. So Mm -hmm. I, I never like believed in the idea of, Oh, it should be this and that. And sometimes it makes sense when it's like, okay, that kind of goes against, what you were kind of building up, you know, mm. you know, that, but that's based on what's actually being presented. But usually a, a lot of time they want to, a lot of fans want it to be something that they personally wanted. You know, yeah. some people believe, Oh, this should have been this thing when it's like, maybe that's not what they wanted to do. Maybe judge it more about what, based on what they actually wanted. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just always sort of that thing. I feel it, it, like fans just get a little too overzealous with it's like, some it's like be willing to open your mind to what the idea is or like be willing to judge it based on how well it executed the idea it was going for you know Mm -hmm. instead of just what you personally wanted Mm -hmm. that's how i always see it yeah yeah. man fandom it is a very cruel Cruel, cruel mistress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you always, when you sign on, you see that every other Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. that something is going down and you're just like, okay, that's something I'm just going <laughs> to let that, you know, I'm going to let that fire burn itself out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. instead of trying to extinguish it and hurt myself, I'll just let it burn. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Usher. Yeah, let it burn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to think of... um, Because I've been... I was going to mention the Buzz Lightyear movie, but I also haven't seen it. So I'm like, why am I trying to mention (laughs) (laughs) this? There's just been a lot of, like... um, 
like it's just like thinking of of fandom like i'm thinking about like the buzz lightyear movie and how that didn't do great in the box office recently i can't remember what the numbers were but i just remember it was like a lot less than what it was yeah, hoping they, to make yeah they had like a 200 million dollar budget yeah and, and it was like a quarter like, of it or something i think like 60 oh okay I think yeah they made mm. something like that mm-hmm. so. yeah and it's like i don't know like i i feel like i i, I know this isn't because of this but I, I remember just hearing like a lot of fans like, why isn't Tim Allen here? And then Tom Hanks having to have a take of why didn't they use Tim Allen? And it's like, why can't you just like take the movie for what it is? I don't know. Right. It's, it's not Toy Story exactly. It's just a It's like story. a spinoff, bro. It's fine. <laughs> right. Like even in the little show they made back in the 90s, it's like that was Patrick Warburton. I mean, they had Tim Allen yeah. like a pilot, but. It was Patrick Warburton for the rest of the series. So. That's right. Yeah, so it's it's okay. This it, it, isn't new. They've done this before, and it made sense then because it's like it's not the buzz. It's mm. not the one we grew up up grew up with in the Toy Story movies. So, mm. like, yeah. Mm. Have you seen it yet at all? Yeah, I've seen it, and you know, I th- I thought it was fine for itself, you know, mm. it, I mean, it's not the, like, I would have liked it to be more like the TV show, but it's like, for what it is, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah, like, it's just like, you look, you just gotta look back on the TV, like, I'm sure that's, like, available on Disney Plus or something now that <laughs> the movie's out, so it's like, hey, look, more Buzz Lightyear content. <laughs> right, like, if you didn't like the movie or you wanted to be de- wanted it to be closer to the TV show, guess what? TV shows TV right shows there, right available there. for you to watch <laughs> in its full glory. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know. it's it's just always that thing. It's like you can get mad at it, or you can just go watch the things you actually enjoy, or the things that you feel did it right. You, you know, you don't have to stick to the thing that like nobody said. Like Lightyear is the definitive thing. I mean, Disney is selling it, but. They sold other stuff that you can enjoy. So just go buy the other stuff that you enjoy. You don't have to bother with this one. You can just leave it to the ether. It's like mm-hmm. that exists. And I am okay with it just being its own thing. You mm-hmm. know? Amen. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's always just sort of that thing. Like fandoms, they got a fandom, and at some point you just let them do their thing and eventually they probably tie themselves out. Yeah. How do we start talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, it was crazy because I did have a question about it, but then you somehow led into it without being asked. I was like, "Well, that that crossed that question yeah. off the list. You already got to it." <laughs> I was like, "Dang, yeah!" Somehow we started talking about fandoms and <laughs> just like the world and. Oh boy, time travel! I think I think we talked about time travel a little bit. Yeah, I'll pass the future. <laughs> it's like we went on a whole trip. We went on a whole tangent. <laughs> We're just like tangent, 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 tangent. I mean, but that, but people like that stuff. They love hearing. They love hearing how the sauce is made. They also love hearing how we make the coffee to prepare ourselves to make the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a great metaphor. Very <laughs> <laughs> much. Oh man. Okay, so 
to kind of get us on to another thing. Mm-hmm. So you worked on Molly McGee as like a storyboard artist, and you know they just recently wrapped up season their season with mm-hmm. their recent season finale, and it's it's a really intro it's a really good show, and I find it like very charming. I like the characters. I I love how it looks. It has especially especially like with the with seeing the finale. It's like wow. This oh my is, god! I have to. I actually have. I'm not. I'm like so. Bad. I'm ironically really behind. <laughs> I'm like I. I haven't seen because I don't have cable, so I haven't been able to catch up to it cable wise. But I've seen everything that they have on Disney Plus. Right. <laughs> so I'm kind of just like just waiting for the D Plus release. Uh, I mean, I guess. I, I mean, no. You know, what I'm not gonna say. I was gonna say I probably find it but i don't want to <laughs> encourage that behavior <laughs> it's like you know, <laughs> support the original release right guys. like go watch it like legit please mm-hmm. <laughs> it needs to support people need people need to feed their families and themselves mm-hmm. pay the bills. yeah so that's exactly why i'm like all right i i, I guess i'll catch it on disney plus it, it, when and if they release i feel like they're scheduled with that stuff it's like so weird yeah, and I, I feel like I'm also always the last person to find out when it's going to be released on Disney Plus. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, ah, it's gonna be there eventually, I guess. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it's like it'll be there, and then you easily get catch right up, like because they mm-hmm. usually like release like I think like five or six episodes or so in a batch. At, yeah, as the yeah, they did going, their, so. their batches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it but. I did want to ask you, like, what was your experience like working on Molly McGee? Because if I'm right, you're not working there anymore, like since mm-hmm. the season's over now. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, the experience was it was so interesting because, I mean, especially because we were working on it during the pandemic. So, like, especially it was like the beginning of the pandemic, too. Like we uh-huh. like I mean, I got on the show pre quarantine order. But as I was working on the show, it, it suddenly we were quarantined and then we just <laughs> were just stuck at home. Um, so it that that in and of itself was uh, interesting uh, experience to behold. <laughs> um, and just trying to keep the crew camaraderie camaraderie or uh what do you what do you call that the energy i guess <laughs> just right. uh like the kim the the communal aspect of being on a production like keeping the synergy that yeah the, the synergy and the the energy and like i mean just the the attitude toward the so is like so uh, it, it it was difficult for everybody understandably so um but yeah just getting through and uh, making it and seeing it uh, be released and uh, come out is it's kind of incredible because it I mean for one uh, kind of almost going back to what we were talking about when, when like you know the season one that you're seeing is something that's been done like years ago like I mean just thinking about stuff being released now I'm like it, it feels like I, I touched that episode like decades ago. <laughs> kind of, it was only like two years ago at this point, but it's like, oh, that feels like a hundred years ago now. Right. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Like, so much has happened. <laughs> oh, literally man. went through 10 years in one year, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Farther. So it just feels, it feels like that kind of like weird disconnect. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, what am I saying? It, it was a good time. It was ultimately good because just uh, Bill and Bob are just really great creators and, uh, and, and great leads. And like, it, I felt good to be on a show that's, you know, like led by them because they, they're so funny and also just so understanding and open to uh, not only like writer, just like uh, input and stuff, but uh, input of their crew and kind of being open to add on or, uh, or have an understanding of their experiences as well to Mm. really like plus characters or plus storytelling. Um, And yeah, I, I, I felt it was a really good show to be on. It just, I learned so much and I developed, I honed (laughs) my craft (laughs) a lot. Um, And the just the characters too are just so fun they're just so fun to work with it's so fun to draw and yeah i just i i just remember like i was just so sad to to be leaving because i was like i i just want to continue drawing scratch and and molly <laughs> i mean i guess i could technically continue drawing them <laughs> but in a official like boarding could like because this is like they're just really fun and funny and like um like waiting for the next script or a next episode to work on was always like a joy because it's like, all right, what shenanigans are they going to be doing now? What's going on? And also just seeing how like the arc of the characters as well and seeing where they take the story was so interesting to, to see happening as it was happening, you know? Um, because it was like, I guess it could it, it could be like that with any production, but with uh, the Ghost of Molly, it was like, oh, I did not foresee things going this way, even though hints were kind of being <laughs> dropped throughout. <laughs> and it's just like after seeing like the uh, like getting to to board that sort of thing, I I I. Uh, boarded one of the two-part um episode it wasn't the final or finale but it was like it was like ultimate i think yeah i think it was the penultimate uh to the finale maybe or maybe even a couple episodes before that i remember saw your name it was uh gone home something like home is where the haunt is and then there i can't remember the side a or side b or whatever but i think that's one of the (laughs) the guys just remember the pun (laughs) (laughs) Um, and kind of, it was interesting even doing that because it was tackling this, uh, really important issue that I also hadn't really myself seen done in animation. Hmm. Um, but it's something that people go through and also (laughs) juggling the seriousness of that with, the comedic tone of things and trying to keep everything funny and like add gags and stuff. It's, it's like uh, treating it seriously 
but also trying to say, hey, like, uh, there's light at the end of this tunnel sort of thing, you know, like, and not trying to make fun of it, but uh, bring hope to that sort of situation. Um, Mm -hmm. It was like, it it was super important. And uh, something that uh, uh, it, it was also uh, a learning opportunity in in that sort of storytelling and yeah i it just made me very happy and just in awe <laughs> a bit of like oh like that's that's really cool that you guys got the opportunity to tell this story <laughs> even right. so um yeah yeah yeah, I realized now it wasn't the penultimate. It was like the second before. Yeah, that's what I was, I was remembering. Yeah, there was like an, a, a couple episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I, I remember even in the psych in the board cycle, it was just like because uh, I remember working on it and being like, "Wow, I can't believe this is the finale. This is so intense and, and good." And then they're like, "Well, there's like five more episodes after this," and I was just like. This felt like a season finale. Like, that, why? This that, is, it gets exactly. more intense. Like, oh my god! That, that literally, was my thinking about it because <laughs> I was like, I made a, I was making a video, like watching the episode. I was like, wait, there's more. There's actually a, more episodes after this. Yeah. Like, you literally could stop the season on just this. This is perfect. Exactly. But they kept they going, did. and it's still great. But yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> Like okay. dang, like all right, is this like you gave us you gave us dessert and then you gave us more dessert? It's like oh dang, okay. <laughs> it's like you gave us just so much to work. <laughs> like, but that was definitely like a really great episode. And like, I was because th- for the longest with Molly McGee as it was running, I was like, I need a, I want to make a video on this, and I need, mm. a, but I wanted a thesis. You know, I'm like, what is like the thread what is the through line that i could build off of and it was this episode that i realized oh that's what it is because throughout the show it's building on this idea on that idea and you see all these fairly subtle and somewhat more like uh no noticeable like hints here and there and it's like here it's like it all just it gets driven completely home and it's like okay this that's where they make it clear like this show is different we're doing Mm -hmm. some stuff that maybe disney or like mainly disney like touched upon slightly but now it's like we're trying to really drive that drive this home to actually showcase this real thing that so many people that i've seen like after that episode came out they were like oh my god i completely felt that i had friends tell me i cried at that part and i'm like yeah, it, it's such a strong moment. It's, it's like, boy, that's different. Like, mm-hmm. that is so different. Yeah. And it's appreciated. Appreciated big time. Because it's like, yeah, I think so many people, so many families will easily just look at that and just be like, that. that's us. That is my family. That is our situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if, you know, you, you're not in that specific sort of situation, it's like, you know, so many people, uh, like so, so many of us, humanity-wise, is like have uh, come from low-income families, and sometimes it's like 
oh, you, we don't really know how we're going to make it through, uh, like, uh, to, to, like, even the end of the week, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, uh, and and just being just, I mean, past that specific, be like, being in a situation that you feel like, you know, you're too embarrassed to to speak out about or to, like, get help on, um and uh and maybe because you're like usually like the the problem solver or like you feel like you're supposed to be happy or you don't want to bother your friends or family uh, or community um and it's like this great uh just just lesson of saying no it's good to recognize that you're in trouble and like uh like when if you have someone that you can count on like really count on them <laughs> when right. you know and uh yeah i i think yeah that that uh story line was this is really powerful in that core concept yeah yeah it, it really builds on this idea that you know we're going through stuff and but but we can very much make it through if you know we are kind properly understanding to each other kind to each other and trying to help each other out because we're all in the same fight you know yeah like like it's basically understanding community is like vital mm-hmm. like just trying to lone wolf it you're not gonna make it out mm-hmm. you're you're just not so if you like always be kind to people be willing to help out like be be involved in your community you know as we saw like throughout the show like molly's mm-hmm. constantly like doing everything she can to be kind to everybody she meets help out with something revitalize the town get all mm-hmm. that misery out and just get people to just be involved in each other's lives and everything and i think that's just yeah. what shines through big time with this type of series yeah it's that it's that uh like you said like that community like being involved with your community uh aspect of the show too that i really hadn't seen much in other shows you know like uh, a very like they the goal being to uh make uh the the just society around them because like the world like i i'm like molly does have goals to like make the world a better place but it's also like she's specifically like trying to make uh, those around her like uh support everyone around her specifically and make her town uh, a better place and um uh putting her heart into uh, a town that seems like you know has given up uh in a sense and Mm -hmm uh yeah i feel like that's something that is it's such a it's such a great lesson because i i feel like it it can easily i don't know like that's something that i feel like i mean i I said this before but i haven't seen that and i kind of wish i I saw that as a kid too because it's kind of like how much she she loves to uh support her community specifically it's like so it's such a good good lesson uh to behold yeah to to absorb Mm -hmm. right i think that's just something that definitely resonated with so many people and 
it's it's honestly amazing with this type of show because it's like it's very it could be a, it's a very goofy show like it's overall so goofy. but it, but, it, but it's so heartfelt but like i think one thing that really gets a lot of people especially like animation people on board is how it's a lot of its comedy and a lot of that comedy is driven by a lot of facial expression expression mm-hmm. like because we see with a lot of these characters they just make all these crazy and zany faces like mm-hmm. even in the thumbnail for the video i made for it it's like mm-hmm. oh my god this is like perfect because it's like it was like this one moment where it was it from the episode where like molly couldn't say no or mm-hmm. yeah she couldn't say no to anything so yeah <laughs> she had to eat this gruel and she's just looking completely miserable <laughs> <trying to eat laughs> such a freaking great this is so good <laughs> it's just, i think that was all systems no yeah i think yeah. that's all systems no <laughs> oh my gosh yeah just see like uh like how boards are translated <laughs> into the animation too because like i remember that was like a i think that was specifically a uh drawing from johnny who was the director <laughs> um, and he's super great with those expressions and it's like that's incredible <laughs> it's so good <laughs> this is so funny um but yeah to your point yeah it's like so it's such a goofy uh funny series and uh, yeah, like being able to create a, a concoction of these really important truths uh, that you want to tell and also like this kind of fantasy element uh, too and using that as a metaphor for the truths you want to tell and also like uh, sprinkling in all the goof ups and uh, wackadoodles and whatnot. Um, it's just like such a cool... It's a, a really cool juggle. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And it's I, I feel like the the dismount was like just landed perfectly. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it all came together. It's so cool. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like that's just how how much I love how they do like just do expressions at this show. Like it it like it's so bendy and it but it's that type of style that's just like, oh my god, I'm jealous that you're able to do all this stuff and make it all just it's all well so well timed and everything like you're just gonna laugh you just laugh at each frame like even when you go in frame by frame it's like it's just some type of funny expression mm-hmm. or you're seeing all these intricate like different frames of how they do the expression and it's still a laugh riot through and through like I, mm-hmm. I, it's just amazing and then see and then like because i think sometimes they show like the uh on on Twitter, like like either Bob or Bill will sometimes put up like the animatic, or someone else or another ah, yeah. else put up their animatics, and mm-hmm. you see the process, and it's like, oh, okay, they're re- like you really could see what where they were thinking with the expression, and it really does translate really well from the board to the actual finished animation. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah, and even like the other comedic things, like the timing, like I think you mentioned timing, like that. Yeah. I, I remember like with the my first episode or first few episodes, I was kinda like, how like this happens everything feels like it's kinda happening quickly and I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna translate. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then seeing the final result is like, oh actually this works really well. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> so I remember seeing like, oh, storyboards have to be like boom, 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 and it works out. <laughs> it is like, oh snap, okay, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just the the just the different types of 
comedy, like the, through the expressions and the timing, it like I, I remember thinking as I was working on it too that it felt kind of old school in a way. Like it's huh. strangely felt old school. And I can't remember why I felt like that, but like um, there's just this sense of like where, where am I? Like it just like the the. I don't know, maybe it was like a part of the timing too, but some of it felt like, oh, this is like something that I would have seen in in the comedic show in like 2005. <laughs> like that, like it felt like that type of like, uh, like I, I, maybe it's just like uh, some type of poor childhood memory, funny thing. But like, I was like, oh, this is making me laugh in that childhood funny sense <laughs> um which i hadn't had captured a lot like this show specifically like captured that in its writing even specifically um but the translation to boards too definitely like uh seeing animatics for this i was like oh snap like this is funny and like this is a type of funny that i haven't seen in a while <laughs> right. i think I think honestly, that's why the show really can also feel even more refreshing is the fact that it's like we haven't been getting too many just pure comedy shows. A lot of it, not to knock any of the shows we have been getting, like they're still great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the storyboard, I mean, story driven, but Mm -hmm. like something like this where it's like there isn't a thread, but it is at the end of the day very uh, episodic. Like you can kind of jump right into it. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what like a lot of people can gravitate to with its comedy is that it's like, Oh good. I could just relax and just have a good laugh at the funny expressions or some of the jokes and their timing. Cause it's, it's kind of got almost, I think it's somewhat got a bit of Looney Tunes type of timing. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. it's got like a very Looney Tunes timing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember one joke that always like is a gut buster to me was like, when Molly and them were trying to get money for like the band shell and <laughs> scratch comes in saying, I've solved all, all of our problems. And then you hear the police sirens in the background. <laughs> it, it was like, did you just rob a bank? Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, how dare you really think I would do something like that? Open it. Die pack blows up in his face. Like, it was a credit union. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of the jokes that I was like, this feels like such an old school joke. Like, I'm just like, this timing is like, it's just like, it just feels, it just feels so old school to me. And like, yeah, maybe it is because it's just like so goofy in such a like Looney Tunes like situation. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And they had, they just have this moment for this beat where it's just like, yeah, I robbed this bank. And it's like, it, it was great. <laughs> it's like, what? They just. Robbed a credit union. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like literally just the fact that it's like he's not worth. It's not the fact that he robbed the bank. He's just like no. The correct term is I robbed yeah, the credit was, union. Yeah, it was That's not a bank. It was a credit union. Like, like he really wanted that to be hilarious. <laughs> I, I and oh man, and and pointing out that joke too reminds me like a lot of the comedy also came from. Uh, um, just uh, uh, Dana and and Ashley like riffing off each other from the mm-hmm. script, like, um, like they would. I mean, I don't know the behind the scenes of how they record, but like they would have a lot of 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Am I allowed to say this? Oh no, <laughs> I was going to say it. Let's find out. Um, it was they they were just like improv off of each other uh, based off the script. So they're just like riff, you know. That, um, I and and I, I I feel like that credit union joke was probably a riff. Like a lot of the 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 comedic like bits uh, come from just them doing bits in the booth. <laughs> uh, like the tail end biffs are kind of like, what? This is like a weird, funny moment. It's just them like just goofing off. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Like some of that, I think that's what kind of speaks to their dynamic. Like mm-hmm. they just play off of each other's and it feels so natural mm-hmm. a lot of times. So that's what, that's what really drives home. Like their relationship as friends. Like you really can, uh, like as they're playing off of each other, you just feel like this is just, two buddies straight up like just mm-hmm. goofing off having fun like it, it, like it, especially if you say like the improv stuff it's like you you could definitely feel like that had to be that had to have been an improv line that feels like something where it's like okay it was one line before but then they changed it to something else just for just for the naturalistic side of it or so mm-hmm. you know to really hammer it home and then, you know, we get to when you actually board everything and it somehow really all just meshes w- really well. Like it could feel like, you know, the boarders were listening back to the audio. Like you all were listening back to the audio and just laughing. And you're like, I really got to make sure that fits like this drawing. Fits yeah. What they were just saying. That was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would happen sometimes where it's just like, yeah, like they they just have this have that comedic like bit back and forth and it's just like okay i can either cut this because it's too long (laughs) and they're riffing for too long or i could try to make this work and see if they want to try to make it work and have them cut like or cut around um the the timing of things to figure out how to make it work (laughs) like that would happen a lot um and yeah, that was, it was always fun. And, like, I mean, just speaking to, like, working from voice actors, like, audio, too, that was always, like, I remember uh, just hearing their voices and knowing it was, like, uh, Dana and Ashley and, like, uh, and also, um, yeah, just hearing all different voices and knowing, like, oh, man, they were this and they were that <laughs> and, like, uh, like, oh, my God, these are, like, great voice actors like i want to work on this show just for this <laughs> uh god yeah oh. yeah that was also a huge like yes <laughs> uh, i i can always imagine it's like when you hear this voice actor is there or mm-hmm. so you you get the hearsay of like oh yeah they were a lot of fun and animating for it or like boarding it and such was just so much fun like I could imagine it's like you're just th- like someone just thinking I gotta get I gotta get on that just to get that experience you know because mm-hmm. like it shines through with this epic series like you could get the feeling of everyone's just having fun with this like be like constantly see like uh, Bill and Bob on Twitter and they're constantly promoting the show but they're constantly pointing out it's like oh yeah we did this nice thing and this was also this really fun tidbit or this thing and also other storyboarders like pointing out like their bits that they drew and such like you just get a feeling of everyone lo- like clearly loved their work here like this is yeah. just a fun series to be on yeah. like it just shines through and that, that's just kind of amazing to me when you could really feel the fun of making something you know, mm-hmm. as just an audience member. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. 
it was such a good show to work on. Yeah. And uh, I got and the thing about it is it, this is like a musical type of series. I mean, oh yeah. You did, you did did you do any like mu- uh like boarding in the musical sequences? So the, it was interesting um the way that we had that set up uh the the having to board song sequences is that we had a separate board artist who specifically was in charge of boarding the musical sequences because it we found that having to be in charge of the not only like the story but also like a full-on music video (laughs) it was it was like basically doing uh two jobs (laughs) so it was like okay yeah we uh we we need someone separately to be concentrating on the song sequences to make it as good as possible because you're boarding to music and like yeah like i said it's like you're making a music video at at this point and it's like an extra two weeks of work that you need on top of uh the time that you have but you don't get (laughs) so it's like yeah someone else needs to do this please thank you (laughs) Um, but I did get a chance to do one song sequence um, uh, because it was early on before we realized that we needed someone separate, which was the turnip twist. And that was fun. Like I, I had always felt scared of boarding song sequences. <laughs> I still also kind of still have that. Like I, I less so before the turnip twist episode, but um, uh yeah, I, I was just like, oh, God, like, I don't know how to board to music. <laughs> like, that's <just> so <laughs> intense. Um, but it ended up being like a good uh, time and opportunity to learn. And I was just like, oh, OK, cool. Um, and I, I feel like I also, if I'm remembering correctly, lucked out on that, too, because like I didn't necessarily have to board to the It was int- like they I think they maybe had like uh, at the time of me boarding, because, you know, like sometimes you you don't look out and you don't get i think specifically with the show too you don't get the song at the or a temp track of the song at the same time as your starting boards which uh, is also part of the reason why we need a separate board arts because it's like all right we we're not getting the song at the same time the board is starting so we need someone else when we get the song <laughs> so <laughs> they can do it when we get the song um and yeah i think i was going off of like uh Song, a song that they were thinking of <laughs> like the 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 feel of the song so i was like all right cool like i'm just i'm not necessarily boarding to the song so hopefully this will work out <laughs> like hopefully they don't need to completely change this right. and they ended up like keeping everything that i drew so i was like okay cool it worked out <laughs> so this is weird like i did pour into a song but i didn't pour into a song but i did <laughs> but it wasn't that song but it turned out to be a fun song and i was like oh wow this is the song cool like i'm glad all this stuff that i drew just so happened to go with the, the lyrics <laughs> of this song <laughs> Like you were just uh, yeah. move it to your own wavelength, but yeah, I think, it just I, think I looked out. Matched. Be- yeah, I think it, I lucked out because it was like it was mostly a dancing song, so no one was singing in that particular episode. <laughs> it was just right. a dancing thing, so I was like, I just, I'll, I guess I'll just draw them dancing. <laughs> Hopefully, it matches. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it does like change up style from style to style. Like sometimes you'll have it where it's like Molly and Scratch might sing the song. 
And so does you have it so it's like somebody in the background, like a back, like somebody else is singing it, you know? Yeah, sometimes it's like uh, it's diegetic or it's non-diegetic where it's like, I think diegetic is like it being not heard or sung by the characters. And then non-diegetic means that it is heard and sung by the characters, or I might have those mixed up. I yeah, know what, yeah, I, I get confused. I, I even I lose track of I'll, what I'll, the words is. Usually. I'll Google it right now. Okay, yeah. of sound in movie occurring within context of story and able to be heard. Okay, so diegetic is heard by the characters. Okay, and a non-diegetic is not heard by the characters. That makes sense. Yeah. So right. like, yeah, my episode was technically non-diegetic. It was just like them dancing. Right. <laughs> so they weren't singing the song; they're just dancing to it. Right. <laughs> I can imagine like if it was a diegetic song, that definitely is more tr- tricky because it's like now I also you also have to like make sure the mouths somewhat match mm-hmm. with what's being said, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's always just kind of that interesting thing. Having mm-hmm. to play around like either you like how easy, how the job could basically change up in difficulty. It's like in terms of which type of song sequence you're tied to basically. Yeah. 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 But I mean, and yeah, like you said, like each episode, it, it's so fun to see like just how musically different each episode gets like the different genres of music and like how funny the music is (laughs) um and yeah just the the idea of the series being a musical is also just like uh it's just it's fun (laughs) oh yeah like i don't like it is sort of a thing i noticed it took me a minute to notice this, but I think like in a lot of the songs, more of the non-diegetic songs, they're sort of parodies of known songs. It did. It took me a minute to realize it for a bit, but like it was wasn't until like the finale because this one song they're playing, and I'm like, these beats, these beats sound familiar. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, is this "Can't Stop the Feeling" by Justin Timberlake from Trolls? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh it, like it sounds like it sounds very much like it, like. I'm like, those sound like the same instruments and mm. somewhat of the same cadence. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they they definitely have their like inspirations. Like, I don't, I can't speak to their exact process. Like, that's definitely uh, when, if and when uh, Bill and <laughs> you get to talk to them and stuff. But right. like, um, yeah, they uh, they have like their inspirations that they get to uh, uh, the, the composer and like they kind of build off of that um uh, uh what they what they're hoping to hear or the the type of like sound that they're thinking of right um and i think even uh i think bill had like a playlist too of like just uh all the songs that uh he was hoping to get a sense of vibe wise <laughs> uh in the series i think that's i think that's public information hold on let me check i'm pretty sure he sent that he i think i feel like he tweeted about this i feel like this is a thing that i'm not revealing (laughs) Uh, i mean as long as it's not something where it's like well you told me and now i gotta die for it (laughs) yeah wait hold on let me let me now i'm like looking at my spotify (laughs) hold on give me one second (laughs) uh come on but it is like that it but it is like very interesting because i think i look back on one of the songs and it's like it's all it's like wait 
it was Eye of the Tiger because it was the mm-hmm. Libby versus Scratch. Like, yeah, the battle. And I was like, yeah, that's Eye of the Tiger. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm just now realizing it. Yeah, yeah. The the musical influences are vast. And uh, when you it's like it's I feel like it could be like a riddle or guessing game where you're just like. Who, who, like this is a song from something yeah. and I, but I don't know. Like, it's kind of interesting too. Cause like, um, I can't remember what song, uh, this happened with, but there was, I remember there was a song where, uh, they, they kind of explained, um, just some of the lyrical input to it and, or the rhythmic input to it. And, like I was, I was kind of like, oh, this sounds like such a good original song. But then, like the lyrical, they're like, oh yeah, this specific like uh, uh, lyrical thing is from this song. And I was like, oh wow, like that's <laughs> and it's like it was, it was also like from a song that was like, uh, like super, like from the seventies. Like it was a song from the seventies, and it was like uh, a not like even a popular song. It was just a song from the seventies. It was 70s. like. Like oh my god! Like this is how deep their musical like uh, prowess goes. It's like oh, this is a reference to this song from the seventies that no one knows about. And it's like oh dang, okay. <laughs> that was what got me when I got when I realized the season finale song was. I was like, so they just kind of go with whatever song they really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, truly. It, I mean, it, but it's interesting because then you're like constantly thinking, okay, I probably maybe I've heard this song, or it's you're wanting to find out what the inspiration for this song and once you do it's like cool now i also get a new song to add to my playlist or something mm-hmm. you know along with like the molly mcgee songs mm-hmm. all right i just found the playlist the the, the ghost of molly mcgee inspiration playlist and it's a public playlist so i could talk about it i'll send it to you right here actually i mean the, your audience probably won't be able to see it but maybe you'll put it you can put it in like yeah, the, put, the info i'll put it in the <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that was the the musical inspiration playlist, and it's like yeah, it's it's really cool to hear and see uh, just the different references musically that they're making, and sometimes it's like, they're just like obvious, and sometimes they're just like completely gone over your head because you just don't know all music, you know. <laughs> this is like wow. whatever they just dig musically, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like really interesting, kind of sets it apart from like what your regular like musical fodder. It's like sometimes they just you know because sometimes it's always the case. Maybe you want to play use a popular song or something like that. In some, it's like a little too popular that people are like kind of thrown out of it. But here, it's like it's obvious parody of of these famous songs, and they're made to match what's going on in the episode, you know, Mm -hmm. or what's going on with the character. So that way, it helps keep it more contained to the actual show rather than feeling like, Oh, it's just pop culture reference for pop culture reference. Yeah. No, they actually do some interesting stuff with this. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, And I totally forgot that they also, I kind of, they, they have like the, like five songs on Spotify from, uh, from the show. Um, And I'm like, I wish that they, put more up like they need to actually start putting up these songs like they only put five up like come on now like (laughs) and that was like october yeah they released these in october last year and i'm like come on like release some more songs what are you doing exactly i was thinking about that i was like 
y'all gonna release the rest because there are yeah. definitely some other songs there because these these songs are like serious bangers and you're not like let your audience like listen to them without having to try to like only hear them in the episode right. <laughs> exactly. or rip them. but yeah just like <laughs> come on now <laughs> exactly yeah i think uh it's gonna move on a bit yeah you were a co-founder for Black and Animated with Brianna Williams. So can you like explain what was it like trying to get more Black or even people of color in the animation industry? And maybe if you want to go in a bit more detail about what it was, what it is. And yeah. So uh, Black and Animated, uh, it started out as a podcast. And our goal with that was to 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 educate and inspire and empower uh, Black creatives trying to get into animation that was our that was our goal and it it kind of built from that podcast into being more of an organization or group uh of us trying to like continue to enact uh those efforts um and it we it was kind of interesting because we wanted to do it in a sense of like um trying to do networking events like that was our uh goal initially set out when we were like oh let's like uh something that we can do to continue to help people is like networking and like helping people to network and connect with studios um and then a pandemic happened in which you can't really have networking events in the same way Mm. you used to um so it completely changed what our uh goal or not goal but our our uh, our specific steps were i guess like our our actions like what we would do um and it kind of uh had us go more in like um the 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 route of we still wanted to connect uh black creatives with studios so like doing that in the sense of like having presentations that uh studios would give to our group and uh, having a directory of, of Black creatives that the studios can pull from um, and kind of just, just trying to create that connection between uh, uh, creatives and studio and also informing uh, our, our community about uh, animation because it's like there's so many misconceptions and... Um, just things that you know that people don't know about uh within animation uh that is important to know uh if you want to work in animation uh so trying to build bridge that gap and as well as trying to just you know give this empowerment so that you don't feel like black creatives are alone in their efforts in in entering the industry it started uh with this core idea that as uh, Brie and I separately were trying to get into animation, feeling mm. this sense of like uh, not seeing ourselves or not seeing others like us uh, in animation or uh, whenever, like even in the content, if we saw ourselves, it was uh, within a specific set of criteria uh, that was not always ultimately uh, just what we 
related to but were had to relate to because it's just what we're being fed mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, in that content wise um so it's just a a it was a way for us to kind of like bring that uh sense of like hey you're not alone and like hey like uh here here is like content that we're seeing made in animation and presenting it to you and um and all of that and it has such it, ha- it has had a pretty big impact like it's it's so great <laughs> to see like uh people that have uh entered the industry through our just uh, just to, to informing <laughs> inform through our information you know, and through our community and uh it's like it's weird also <laughs> it, feels, it feels strange and it's also just like wow like oh i i helped out someone <laughs> like it's so weird um and yeah i mean it's just like ultimately just trying to to help people get in who feel like they have a handicap because of their identity <laughs> which they just shouldn't feel that way yeah i, I totally get that like because Growing up for a lot, and I definitely know this from experience, like growing up, you watch a lot of animated shows, you're laughing, you're having fun, but you don't, you only see a few handful of like characters that may look like you, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and as you get older, you start to realize, oh, that's kind of deliberate by the fact that there's not a lot of people who do look like me working on these type of shows, you know, Mm -hmm. it's only rare when you find out it's like, here's this, like this uh creator who you know looks like you like who's in there but you know they probably didn't get to make the thing they to really show off more people that look like them or anything like that and i think with something like this with this type of collective with black and animated it it's something i think many definitely appreciate the most about appreciate the most is that it's like yes we are trying to get more people like us in the industry to like fix up some of the stuff or to add more voices in the room to have more of a say in how animation goes and having more dynamic characters in such or dynamic stories you know to tell our own stories or to tell our fantasy stories that we grew up wanting to tell you know and i think that's just something that's just amazing about black and animated overall is the fact that it's like it's this big community that's grown a lot and so many people are finding work in the industry themselves through it you know it's Mm -hmm. that's just something that's just i think so many people like growing up or even like yeah so many people growing up even old heads would definitely appreciate the fact that it's like at least it's here now it's like better late than never at the end of the day it's like better we have this now because you know we didn't have it before mm-hmm. yeah you know to to really inspire like those new that new generation to get in because you know a lot of us a lot of us black folks or people of color just couldn't just didn't really have inspiration to do it. A lot of us didn't think we had the ability to get into it then, but now we have these type of groups that say, yeah, you can get in. There mm-hmm. is a way to in. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to show you, here's the doorway. We're mm-hmm. like, we're trying to let you right on through. And I, I think that's just what's honestly pretty amazing. Yeah. That it's that help. That could be that helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's incredible. Like the, the amount of work that 
has been just like done since like i mean even imagining when it was like just a podcast too <laughs> i think like oh man i just i i felt like starting a podcast i was kind of just like oh this will be i mean not only like you know helping out people that are listening but like it would help me out honestly too because i was like okay i don't know everything there is to know about the industry like i literally i think i yeah we started the podcast like just as i was entering i think brie also was trying to get into animation um and and i was just entering like i just got my first job storyboarding uh so we were also just like hey we want to know how you got here (laughs) and how you feel being black in animation and 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 it was basically that it was like oh wow we're we're here how did how did this happen how did this happen for you like how could this happen for someone else it's crazy (laughs) um and that's that was our starting point we're just we're we're trying to figure it out (laughs) and i feel like in many ways we're still trying to figure it out but um yeah it's it's just like there's so many different ways that uh anybody enters the industry too so just hearing those perspectives is incredibly important (laughs) and um yeah and that's like that was something that we were trying to bring uh podcast wise and uh something that i think is also uh now that it's uh, a group like trying to bring in in that aspect as well yeah and it's in you know i've seen it definitely be definitely have its impact like constantly if ever i apply whenever i apply something they ask hey where'd you hear about us it's like uh let me open this box it's like oh there it is black and animated right there (laughs) like you like you can type it in or i mean sometimes you type it in or it's just like one of the selections and that just speaks to how much impact it is able to have or or i constantly hear about like here's this job opportunity because constantly in like the discord which you know for for those of y'all watching and listening it's like you know if you're looking for some help it's like black and animated discord elite you know Mm -hmm. like go there and you find all these very helpful resources people willing to like hear hear out what or read like whatever script you might have or give you pointers on storyboarding or your coloring or your animations you have see other people's independent projects that they're even working on or even share mm-hmm. your own independent projects and like it, it's just a great great community to basically build from you know that you can yeah. build up from mm-hmm. like we didn't have that often that we could just come together and just share our love of animation in a sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I have uh, recently like stepped down from a leadership role um, in black and anime specifically just uh, because of juggling. (laughs) Juggling is hard. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I want to focus on uh, like my, my career. (laughs) And, um, And yeah. So, I mean, it's still, it's really cool to see that it is still thriving too. Like I, uh, not, I mean, not that you know it was running because of me or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like it's just really cool to see it. It's almost like like having a little like baby bird, and it's like, all right, it's time to go, baby bird. It flies off. <laughs> like and you're like, to fly off wow, out of the nest. <laughs> that, that baby bird's flying. Look at him, and you just just watch it fly off, and you're just stuck in the ground and. <laughs> 
You're like, dang it. <laughs> no, no, no. Where's this metaphor going? <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's, it's cool to just see it uh, continue to thrive um, and, and see it's still having an impact uh, with people. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something that I think so many in I see constant people like talking about it. I remember some person was like, Hey, I think you would go I think you go to my school as such and I found you from the Black and Animated server. I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like that's just how helpful and how big the community is growing and, yeah. and it's still growing to this day. And that's honestly just great to me. Like to know that more voices are able to be heard or be pushed out so they can be heard, you know, from, mm. from this grouping. It's just mm-hmm. honestly fantastic, mate. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess, are there like any personal projects you're working on right now? I have this seemingly eternal struggle <laughs> with working <laughs> on personal projects. <laughs> And I kind of hate it, but it's always like, I always seem to start something, always be starting something, have to be starting something, and then just not finishing something. (laughs) It always seems like, why can't I always be finishing something, have to be finishing something, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I I feel, I like for the past, um, maybe it has been like five, no, past three years, like I've been like tinkering with like an animated short. And it's like, I, I keep getting stuck in the idea, I guess, part of it, because it's like, once you know, once you start animating and stuff, it's like, okay, what if this wasn't a good idea? Oh, no. And what if it's not working? And oh, God, it's going to be bad. And I end up uh, getting in this weird cycle where I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep fixing this until it's good. And part of me is like, I should just do it (laughs) and bite the bullet and like, you know what, like if it's crap, it's crap, but the next one will be good. Um, But then the other part of me is like, you know what? I got some video games to play. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. I got to read this book (laughs) or whatever. Like I got all these other things I need to do. Oh boy. All these other things that I got to get done. And uh and i had and then three years pass <laughs> and it's like i got i didn't have nothing to show for it um so i mean right now i'm like i think a big reason for that that i've like kind of um thought about is because i i haven't had like people like or friends or like someone to be like actually this is this it's all just been an internal struggle rather than like a, like basically what we we're talking about with molly like hey guy like hey friends can you help me <laughs> rather than <laughs> me just like struggling by myself right. um so i mean i guess i'm in that stage of like actually uh uh like talking to people about <laughs> things that i'm working on and getting their opinions rather than uh uh keeping it to myself and then right. uh beating myself up when i don't get it done <laughs> <laughs> Uh, creating is hard. <laughs> it's also hard too when 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 you are you pumping that creative muscle too, like uh, every day for the man <laughs> or yeah. for someone else. Basically, uh, that also makes it hard. <laughs> like it's just juggling all those different things, and mm-hmm. then 
because like I, I know what it is it's like you got the creative juices flowing but mm. it's like they got to be flowing for one other thing before it can flow yeah. for something you gotta make yeah exactly make, you know? yes it's, that is exactly it. it's just like all right you're creative you're yeah exactly what you said there your creative mind is working for some other thing but then as soon as you get to that the, your, your thing it's like well now i'm just zapped like right. i can't i can't do anything now like what the heck it's like not enough time of the day to also get my sleep that I very much need. Otherwise, my body's gonna, yes. you know, hate me. Mm-hmm. And that's when that's where teamwork comes in. It's just like, hey, like if if you have a team, then things are at least a little bit easier. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's where I'm at with my personal creative projects. <laughs> I'm like, oh, teamwork. That is the thing that I'm missing here. <laughs> oh yeah i think that's that's just what that's what's always pretty enticing to me like uh, sure as we were in like school like a lot of us you're very introverted or just constantly trying to stay away from people and thinking i don't want to do a group project or for some (laughs) people who might be trying to scum they (laughs) put the work off on their classmates to do most of the work and they don't do much but (laughs) as you get older you realize you're going to appreciate those team projects a lot more because yeah. you're going to like the camaraderie that you get out of it. You're going to mm-hmm. like the fact that some people can actually take up some stuff that's like, okay, it's too overwhelming. So it's like, okay, let's take a little bit of that load off of you. And, you know, you do and vice versa on your end, you, you know, you take yeah. some of the load off for others. You know, that's mm-hmm. something you just, you're going to appreciate teamwork that mm-hmm. that goes into it. You're going to appreciate the camaraderie. You're going to appreciate the feeling you're going to have once you've actually completed the whole pro- the project, you know, like you're yeah. just going to be like, we put our blood, sweat, tears into this thing. <laughs> and I don't care what anyone says. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And animations like it's ultimately like a team effort. I mean, usually, I mean, of course you can like completely make uh, a project or whatever like 100% by yourself like if you're a machine yeah. and you have that ability and you, you can do it you're a rock star I mean I've seen I've seen people uh, make uh, dynamic and awesome shorts by themselves uh, full through even music and I'm like dang how'd you do that like what how you're so powerful um, but it's like also being able to understand your own like ability and being to be it's like having the wisdom to say hey you know what like i can do this but Mm -hmm. i can't do that so i need uh the help of someone else and also having the the wisdom to be like okay like there's there's there was always this aspect that i remembered that i worried about when it came to having people help with my own creative project and that's like uh paying people and not having the money to pay people right. and being like okay well i'm poor and <laughs> uh i can't uh pay people the 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 amount i feel like they're worth or i don't know what they want to get paid but like i might not be to pay it and having the fear of that and mm-hmm. uh kind of also realizing like okay like uh i couldn't I mean, I mean, I, I'm at a point uh, saved money wise where I can be like, OK, yeah, I can figure that out. And right. uh, I can also just not assume that people are expecting <laughs> to be paid and be like, oh, like actually have a conversation and be like, hey, like 
can't like ask for help and get a sense of what uh they want to get out of helping me right. <laughs> like maybe they even want to be like hey you know what i want to work on a project and also see a po- project get done and they're they're like me they're like oh i i keep uh fiddling around with things and i'm in a weird c- cyclical cycle where i'm not getting anything done and i just want to get something done so i'll help you and no nah, it's <laughs> fine i'll do it for free it's i just want to get something done right and yeah, or asking friends, and friends are just like, yeah, I just want to get, I just want to work on a thing with you. Let's just like, let's collaborate, bro. And it's like, yeah, actually taking the 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 moment to communicate and and see where you can get help or like uh, what kind of help and stuff like that, uh, rather than again being in that cyclical cycle where you just stay by yourself and you're worried about something that you don't even know is going to be a problem. Right. <laughs> it's I feel like it's this weird uh like it's this w- w- wisdom I guess I'm gaining through not being able to get something done and I'm like thinking like oh I wish I had kind of just thought of this sooner or wanted to get this done uh in this way or just just like feeling less anxious about uh Mm -hmm. collaboration (laughs) because like I mean I collaborate for work (laughs) so I like just I I guess being the complete leader of a collaboration was always something that's like uh left me anxious uh because it's like oh I would have to be in charge of making sure people felt good <laughs> when we collaborated. But if I'm by myself, I could, I'm only worried about myself. So I don't have to worry about everybody else's thing. And it's just like, no, nah, you could just like communicate <laughs> and, and you won't, you won't be in your head about what other people are thinking. Cause you can just ask about what they're feeling <laughs> about the thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. Now, now I don't even remember what I, how I started talking about that. That's mostly what my a conversation with me is. It's like you, you'd say, "All right, what's two plus two? Well, two plus two is four, but like, what are the four things? It could be cookies, it could be oranges, it could be lemons. You know, I had a good glass of lemonade <laughs> earlier. It was really good. The glass was like it was like an interesting color, green. You know, green's an interesting color. Like just, <laughs> Wait, where did we go? <laughs> like, how did we build a tree and start branching? <laughs> like, how did that happen? Who planted that seed for that to happen? <laughs> it's like what happened to that scene because somehow we're on a different tree now yeah. <laughs> like wait we were talking about math and now we're talking about existentialism like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> that, but I mean it, it all comes up to be a pretty interesting conversation at the end of the day so <laughs> like, like people, enter- people will be entertained people will laugh people will cry <laughs> but maybe oh, oh we didn't make any people cry <laughs> <laughs> or at least they're crying tears of joy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But yes. Um personal project wise, always uh trying to work on stuff and kind of just learning. I feel like ultimately in a posit- on a positive note, I'm like uh though like on specific projects that I have been worked working on. I haven't gotten completed, but I uh, it allowed me to understand 
my own working process mm. and uh, how I can continue to 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 uh, work on projects in the future. Uh, so that's good. Yeah, I think that's what it always is. Like you learn how to work by yourself, but then when you're trying to do a project, especially an animation project, you're definitely going to understand appreciate the work you the collaborative works you've been doing so you now understand it's like here's how i can get this actually made with people yeah take some of the load off you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know also to help them through some of the stuff as well it's all collaboration it takes a village you know as as the saying goes and that's what animation majority of the time is it's just collaborating working together to create something that you all can just look back on and think we made that. That's something yeah. I am so proud that we got made. Like, no matter mm-hmm. what, it was hopefully fun. People <laughs> are feeling accomplished from it and not feeling, like, defeated or anything like that. God, like, definitely don't want that happening by the end of the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. But I guess to kind of wrap us up, I got one question from D'Angelo at Words of Hats Off Media that he wanted to ask you. Yeah. And and this could be our final question. Why are you so cool? (laughs) (laughs) Aw, D'Angelo. Stop. (laughs) I mean, but it is an important question and a good one to go out on. Oh my gosh, it's such a, I feel like it could be an open-ended question. I could be like, okay, let me answer this seriously. Or I could be like, okay, let me answer this goofily. (laughs) Um, um, But if we were to assess what the definition of being cool is, being cool is being yourself. So how am I, so myself could ultimately be what the question is asking. (laughs) um so how am i myself i mean so it's that is that's what makes it like open-ended too it's just like how am i myself and i think i mean the things that make me myself what are the things that make me myself i think just the like it's so mm, i'm trying to think of like things because like what is being myself even you know what I mean? Like, what is that even? <laughs> like, uh, like how, like, have all my experiences and, like, just things that I've absorbed, like, made me who I am and what I want to output? I think I'm, I'm cool because I have... <laughs> <laughs> even just like thinking about the question is so fun um <laughs> just the creative determination i guess I, I i feel like i i have like a creative determination that i really appreciate because i'm kind of like there's so many times that i'm kind of like i think back even on past wayman stuff that i'm like it would have been so easy to just give up and i think i just have this like uh burning passion for uh for animation and like uh trying to create things and even when the burning uh just wanes i still have Mm -hmm. this like need this this core need to, to get something done um and 
I, uh, 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 let's see what else makes me myself, which ultimately makes me cool. <laughs> I'm like always just trying to figure things out in terms of like, I don't know what I like and like how I'm feeling and trying to figure myself out mentally. Ooh, that also makes me cool. Like also like understand, trying to figure myself out mentally and going to therapy school, <laughs> even though I haven't been back to my therapy in like a couple months, but that's fine as long as you go back at some point, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, like trying to understand yourself and the type of things that you want to put out in the world, I feel like makes you cool too. And uh, also like not uh, allowing yourself to get, uh, completely demolished by uh, how the it seems like the world is <laughs> turning in on itself sometimes <laughs> and not allowing that to to make you an anxious monster um, and focusing on not even just focusing on the good things but allowing like the emotions to exist and knowing that okay there's uh you just you have to keep going because i mean once you give up then it's just you're giving up <laughs> so it's like all right just uh you can take breaks but you gotta you gotta know when to start up again i trail off uh, that makes me cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm super lame, so that makes me cool out of nonconformity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you're so hot, your eyes cold, that type of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so uncool that I wrap back around to being cool. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel like this is like (laughs) trying to answer that question feels like such a narcissist. (laughs) It's like, uh, you want to know how I'm cool? Well, this is all the cool things that are cool. Because I said it, because I'm cool. Right. <laughs> oh, but, my gosh. But they were real answers. That's what makes them more non-narcissistic, <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, that's what a cool guy says. Something non-narcissistic. Just a real <laughs> answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, this has been real fun talking with you. You've been, like, excellent. It was great getting a lot from you. We went on for a while, but that's just, but no drags. That's the great thing about it. No dragon at all. Mm -hmm. No, we ain't American dragons on this. (laughs) (laughs) It might've, it might've ran Jake long, but we're not American (laughs) dragon. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Oh God. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You were great. We can look forward to your work as director when that project's properly announced and we mm-hmm. people can see your work on The Ghost and Molly McGee on, on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And again, you've been great. Really fun having you on. It was great. Yeah, it's fun talking to you too. I'm glad and I feel like it's good like catch it up too because I like I I know we're like acquainted <laughs> a bit. Yeah. Uh and and as life goes, like sometimes you just like lose touch and stuff, but it's really good like just catch it up uh in the sense too. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad we got to catch up like this. But, yeah. 
So everybody, y'all know where y'all can find Wayman. Watch his stuff on Molly McGee. Look out for his projects coming at some point. And always mm-hmm. remember, it's just a thought. The opinions expressed in this are of the individual guests and only of the individual guests and not of their employers.